Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond alongside, as ever, in the side cart is Rachel Burf-Burfingtons. How are you, Rach? I'm very good, thanks, Johnny. How are you? How was your weekend? Good, thank you. Very, very solid indeed. In high spirits. How is the knee? Yeah, knee's doing really well. I'm up to like four runs a week now, so progressing nicely um but my volume's going up this week so I'm actually going down to three runs which is nice which was a nice surprise today to find out that I wasn't running oh good oh nice well yeah do let me know and uh, we could probably yeah do three or four of those runs uh, a week together <laughs> <coughs> I'll let you know where I, tomorrow yeah 4 yeah, 30 yep. see you there yep no problem to be there the bell's on um we've got can a do what, um Sarah Beckett last week, she got on the golf buggy and was driving it alongside me while I was running as a cheerleader. So you could do yeah, that. I could do that. <laughs> and like uh, Commandant Lassard in Police Academy, just going beep, beep, beep. Too young to remember Police Academy, but anyway. Yeah. No, I do uh, like Police Academy. Do you? Yeah. Oh, bless you. Uh, big show again. Big guests. The summer signing, really. Bryony Cleo. From Saracens to Wasp, going to get her take on life as an insect, uh, but also what's going on in the England camp. And she's also going to review all the Premier 15 games with us as well, because she's played most of them, um, obviously. Uh, not just for Saracens, but uh, yeah, played a the, the couple of the top teams in Wasp colours already. But uh, the headline news this episode, of course, is those World Cup qualifiers in. Palmer, huge developments uh, after a stunning 8-7 victory against Ireland. Spain went down 22 points to 27 to Scotland. Uh, and Scotland keeping their World Cup qualification dreams alive after was losing to Italy in quite dramatic fashion last week. But it was a really, really tight affair, a real seesaw of a game. One would score and then the other one would score. Uh, but in the end, the Scotland have come through. It's a really, really good uh, result for them. That uh, they, they dug really, really deep, didn't they? At uh, driving more score right, right at the death, uh, proved a little too much for Spain in the end. Good bounce back ability from the Scots. Yeah, I we definitely saw the better side of of Scotland. Although I was a little bit worried in the opening couple of minutes when Spain just sliced through the middle, Hannah Smith missing a a tackle that she would normally make nine times out of ten, and I was a bit worried that we were going to see a similar scoreline to the Italy v Scotland game. But yeah, look, they really bounced back. You could see this, they had a just a belief in them that they had to try and believe because if they didn't. Well, we don't need to go there, but they definitely did galvanise around each other. I thought Jay Conker was outstanding. The amount of carries that that girl did to get her team on the front foot was unreal. And I think just being able to have a few phases, build the phases, be able to absolutely capitalise on getting the ball to like the likes of Meg Gaffney and to Rona Lloyd, who both scored, I think. Meg Gaffney was outstanding. Her tackle rate was brilliant, like really critical moments to to make the tackle to stop either a line break or even an offload to score. Um, she really stood out for me. Um, you know, she's obviously been involved in sevens a lot, but you, you haven't really heard or seen her stand out as much as I thought she really did step up um, at the weekend. But, yeah, they just seemed more organised. They seemed... Obviously, they were desperate because it was the last chance for them. But just their line speed off the line to to try and, you know, stop Spain from doing anything that they they were doing last weekend. And, you know, I think Spain had plenty of opportunities and they will look back at that and think we had so many chances to to win that game. Love the fact that there was lots of tries. Um, and there yeah. was drama right at the end as well. You know, Spain had an opportunity to win it right at the end. Poor girl comes off her feet and, and gives a, a penalty with the new laws that are in now with the latching. Um, but, yeah, really pleased to see a better outfit from Scotland. I think they were under no illusion that they didn't play their best last weekend. Um, and, yeah, just that real belief, that huddle that you saw them in at the end and seeing Rachel Malcolm get her players going, this is what it's about. This is who we are and this is what we can do. But it means nothing 
unless they back it up again this week, which is an absolute cracker of a game that's coming up. And I think for Spain, they just weren't clinical. They weren't clinical in the moments that they needed to be, um, which, you know, is something that's probably been the a fault of theirs in the past. And, you know, maybe with pressure on, or or maybe thinking, you know, well, we beat we beat Ireland and maybe in their minds they think Scotland's not as good as Ireland, you know, all that psyche starts to come in and that foot came off the gas a bit, uh, which was kind of like you said, it was kind of one try this end, then the opposite team play scored, then the opposite again. So it's kind of that that focus and concentration and in the end they ran out of time. Do, do you think that's a, a byproduct of not competing yeah, a lot of the Scotland players will be playing at Premier 15s week in, week out. I know a couple of Patricia Garcia and a couple of other Spanish players are in the league as well. But also as a national team, whether you're playing sevens in front of big cards or 15s in the Six Nations, um, you know, the, the B Six Nations or whatever, the, I don't know, Ben Fox at rugby will tell me off according to the B Six Nations. But, um, you yeah, know, that second division down. It's just you're used to that kind of pressure and, you know, you practice pressure, don't you? And in those situations, you take those experiences. Is it is it a byproduct of that? Do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that that will have some experience from it. And I think Patricia Garcia certainly would have used her strength and knowledge and to into her side. But they, I think, you know, Spain started really fast, and you know they were ahead. And yeah. but it was it was the fact that you know they took a bit of their Sp- Spanish medicine from last week, where they just didn't give up. They didn't allow themselves to believe that they weren't going to be able to win that game. And in the end, that came true. Yeah, great to see uh, Rachel Malcolm out. Yeah, she's a proper, proper leader. Proper leader. Yeah, very, very similar in my eyes to uh, to your good self, young Burfingtons. Um, what about Spain then? Seven nations? Come on, they're good enough. Oh, well, they're competing with, you know, two of the teams. We'll see again how they go against Italy this weekend. But, you know, Spain have always been a team that have been competitive. They've got good players that obviously play on a seven circuit. So they've got a great skill set that can um, transfer over into the 15 side of game. It's probably, I think, historically, you know, it's been that pack and that size. I remember playing with um, one of the Spanish girls in the Richmond team and she was prop, but she was like the size of a winger. You know, so maybe, you know, that's an area of development for them in order to be really competitive. But having said that, these last few rounds, their set piece has been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the uh, the Ireland game. Uh, it, was a, it was a tight one, wasn't it? Ireland uh, and Italy. Ireland coming through from behind with a stunning scores from their wingers, Bevan Parsons and Emily Murphy-Crow, putting them back to winning ways. They were good yeah. Oh, they were outstanding. Um, we got the ball this week. That's yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I think we saw a much better Irish side. They seemed a lot more organised. Their set piece was working. Not not every time, but the majority of time and in the critical times, they were working every time they kind of entered the 22. They were coming up with some points or gaining even more territory. Um, and I think their ball retention was better and they were able to build some phases, which then allowed them to get the ball out to the edges once they condensed the opposition defence and then for them, the players to get over. I think, you know, when somebody like Parsons, the way she made that break through pretty much all of the Italian defenders and then they score on the other side of the pitch because the work that she's done on the left-hand side of the pitch just gives your team a massive boost. When you've got a player that could just turn that on at any moment, that makes you have the confidence to feel that you're going to go and get this. And it was a much better performance from Parsons, but also Amy Lee, Murphy Crow. She's been electric on the seven. She was, was great for them in the six nations, but she was very quiet last week. So again, getting to see her, you know, they also, they went down, um, obviously lost a player to the bin, but managed to manage that time. Um, so yeah, I think they really did go away and look at um, have a real hard look at themselves and then park it and then move on and saw this as like a fresh um fresh line to to cross over they didn't focus on what Italy had done too much against Scotland uh, like not focusing on yeah. the actual result and then just went out there and they played out of their skins and and the same as Scotland they played with like it was on the line because it was 
Yeah, it means that it means that much. What it also means is that the result table for this tournament is ridiculously tight. <laughs> Everybody's on five points, and all that separates them is is this points difference. With Italy currently plus seventeen, Ireland plus seven, and the third round I mean, is literally all to play for. Um, yeah, and the people have got to go after points, haven't they? They've got to play. Yeah, yeah. got to play a hundred percent. So Italy, Spain, three o'clock kickoff Central European time. Ireland, Scotland, five p.m. kickoff. Uh, that's on Saturday. Come on, then. Who's going to win? Oh, who's going to win those games? And then who's going to qualify? Oh God, I don't know. I think Italy will beat Spain. Oh, I can't answer the other one because I'm in trouble whatever way I do this. Yeah, but I think yeah. I think Ireland. I think they'll just be they'll have just a bit more game management about them. They'll handle the pressure a bit more. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say, okay, right, I'll put it out there. I'm going to say Ireland and Italy. Ireland will beat Scotland. Italy will beat Spain. You heard it here first. (laughs) What are you saying? You don't get out of it. Nothing. Let's move on. (laughs) Oh, come on. Don't come in at. Come on. Who do you, who, what are you saying? Spain, no, Italy. No, no, genuinely, moving on. Um, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> Spain or Italy? Yeah, it, it, Italy to win that because I, because we're back to that um, yeah, continued fitness at that kind of yeah. level. And, yeah, you know, uh, whatever kind of level you are, you, you're three weeks in a row. If you're not regular... Players, I think that, that, that comes into it. Um, and it would be really, really keen, especially after that, that first round performance um, against Scotland when they were just magnificent. Mm. Um, they will want to right the wrongs of, of, of the Ireland game. And I, I think Ireland have a, a stronger pat than Scotland. Just. Yeah, like a total. Yeah. Yeah, as a unit. I, oh. Ooh, it's tight though, isn't it? It's really tight. It's really tight. I'm going for a Scotland Island draw. <laughs> you can't go for a draw. Why? That's my Come opinion. On. It's going to be draw. No. It's going to draw. That's my prediction. It's going to draw. All right. How's that no. fence? Yeah. Oh. It's a nice <laughs> the only other headline, uh, and I'm conscious we're just going to nip through because we've got Brian Cleolating in the wings. Uh, sevens. Birth. Well done, GB. Hats off and everything else off to Jasmine Joyce. Wasn't she a superstar again? Yeah, she always is, isn't she? Like, I think if anybody's not, um, you know, followed on social media and just seen some of the work that she gets through, you know, a lot of people are saying we need to see her more on the series because, yeah, she literally lights up with the ball in hand and without the ball in hand as well. I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen yesterday in, in the pool game against um, USA, the USA player who's one of the fastest girls on their team. Her name's also Jazz. And then Jazz is literally nowhere near her, comes out, like just tracks her down, gets the angle on this girl and brings her down, bounces back to her feet, makes another tackle again. It's just, yeah, it's what you want to see. And, and yeah, re- huge congratulations to them to to go out there. I know some people are going, you know, it's the fast four and not all the, the big teams are there, but it doesn't matter. It's still a competition. It's a very new, young-blooded side as well, um, which is great to see some some new players get involved and some young players, great exposure for them. Um, but at the same time, you've still got to go out there and perform. Yeah, indeed you have. Uh, yeah, it was a proper proper jazz off, wasn't it? Yeah, the HSBC Seven Series has begun over in Vancouver. The Fast Four Women's Championships saw Mexico, USA, GB, and Canada compete. All teams with new additions to their to their roster. I believe that's a North American term, isn't it? Um, Perhaps in the log, top of the log, bottom of the log. Uh, at the beginning of the new Olympic phase in the pool stages, GB won all of their games. USA won two, but obviously lost to GB. Canada won against Mexico, who are both bottom of the table. So the semi-finals saw GB beat Mexico, USA beat Canada, and of course the final, GB won 34-12, with Canada taking third place. Go Team GB. 
Pay. I'm Rachel Malcolm and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's move into domestic action then, young birth. And, I mean, the summer signing. The lady created headlines this summer. The, the biggest transfer news across the Premier 15s. Lady who was uh, out for so long and then came back with a splash, didn't she? Uh, back into the uh, the white Red Roses shirt. It's Bryony Cleal joining us on the Women's Rugby Park. Good evening, Bryony. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourselves? I'm Good, well. thanks. Yeah, been away. Had a little rugby tour this weekend. Actually, took my little my little rugby team down to Swanage for the weekend. So, uh, first rugby tour for them. Amazing. Nice day, Swanage. Bri, Bri, I reckon you should um, let everybody know your first introduction to Six Nations Grand Slam success. What that looked like for you? <laughs> your first experience. Oh, what did you do on Twickenham oh, pitch? Gosh, yeah. Oh. I've taken it out of my memory. Um, <laughs> There's too many pictures. You can't get rid of it. My middle name is John Terry, and it will stay John Terry for the rest of my life after I um, um, Don took off the um, the and I tracksuit bottoms and tracksuit top to reveal my full England kit and, yes, celebrated like I played the Scotland game. Correct. Rachel was correct. <laughs> you weren't even an NPR, were you? You're just no, a fan in the in the crowd. No, I think I'd been. I think I got Water Girl that day. They'd let me do the honours of being Water Girl, and then obviously, um, yeah, I played in the Six Nations, so I won the Grand <laughs> Slam. However, unfortunately, was just chosen for Water Girl in that last game, and um, yes, did a John Terry, and yeah, no one knew that until now. Really, they'd looked at pictures and just seen <laughs> you, the England kit, and the trophy. That, so that's uh, straight in the deep end to start a podcast, isn't it? That, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to apologise for my uh, my co-host, but jeez, <laughs> straight. How are you, Brian? Are you well? I'm going to be the, the the nice cop. Yeah, well, that one cut deep, but I'm all right. Apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be all right. She's tough enough. She is a tough young lady. Um, so um, what we thought we'd do is just, just have a, a little chinwag with you, see how uh, everything's going uh, at the new club and what have you. And then we were just going to sort of nip through the weekend's results and get your sort of take on things and, and the little bits you've heard, may have heard, or obviously the other clubs uh, that, that you've played. But um, you're obviously now um, at Twyford Avenue at, uh, at the Insects, chosen West London um, over North London. How How's it all going? Nice, shiny, spanking new facilities. Well, yeah. So um, it's obviously, it's totally different. It's like a totally different culture. It's a totally different setup. Um, it's been really exciting, the challenge. Um, and obviously now what's really, really, really nice is the men have kind of taken them, us under their wing a little and we are training one day up at Coventry at the new, um, at Henley and Arden at the new um, WAS training ground. So it's pl- pretty flush, really, like some nice a sauna. I think the Jack, Jack Willis <laughs> sauna is there. Um, we keep naming it Claudia McDonald sauna. And uh, the other bit, so yeah, we, um, we've we been let loose up there. And that's really, really nice, I think, to get that kind of professional, real, really real professional feel um, up there. And then, yeah, it's been a, a new chapter kind of my rugby career. Brilliant. Can, can I ask you what why you decided to to, to make the move? Um, yeah, I think I've been at Sarries for um, five years previous, and I think at times you just get stuck. I think in in your ways, and I was very much going through the motions, and I wanted to really challenge myself and push myself. And I think the best way to do that is by a new challenge. Um, I think Wasps, um, the coaching there looked unbelievable. I mean, the work I've already done with LJ has been huge, and I think that. That new challenge, that being pushed, um, new new people, new environment is something that I wanted. I think um, I wanted to kind of fulfil the most I can out of my career. And I think by challenging myself, hopefully I can do that. Were there any um, players that kind of took you under your wing? Um, or were they all a bit scared of you? Uh, well, yeah, it's a bit awkward, isn't it, when I went to first go there for the day I didn't know whether to like introduce myself like what do you what do you do hello <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do but um no they all they're all they're all lovely I think everyone gets that vibe of wasps and that culture that they have there I think is that one of a oh, 
probably would shoot me if, I did, if when I say this, but once a wasp, boys a wasp. And um, she, oh, she's right uh, on message already, isn't she? she flip is it up. Right on message already. <laughs> but it is, it is true. And I think, yeah, they all have. Um, I, yeah, they all, they all, they all definitely have. And the, there's some big, strong players in there. And I know the leadership of like Claudia and Harriet really have taken me under their wings. I know it's been great. When you say the, the, the cultures are, are very different uh, between Saracens and Wasps, can, can you just drill down into that for us? Mm-hmm. Explain explain why. Um, or I how? Think how? Um, Saris are, have some of the best players around and they win at – they're born and bred winners. I think you cut through Marley and Poppy and they win at all costs, players that um, – and that's drilled into Saris and that's how they play. And I think that's how they, that's what they expect of you. That's, that's how training goes. I think you've got to be your best at all, all times. Um, and they really push that out of you and, and squeeze every last drop of it out of you really. Whereas um, wasps are more, I guess, about that, the process and the structures and doing um, in that sense. And everyone's got their job to do as such. And I don't think they're, yeah, as, cutthroat as it comes down to it in the in that high end kind of I think um at Saris they don't make mistakes so if you make a mistake I think it's a different ball game whereas at, at Wasps um you're kind of forgiven <laughs> nice That's how did you way. enjoy seeing yeah. that first fixture get drawn oh yeah uh, yeah I thought someone's winding me up here I thought someone's done me over here but it was the weirdest um first fixture ever um yeah I remember i Walked in and thought I nearly went to the wrong team, to be honest. But I got there in the end. And then, <laughs> and then um, it, it no, it, look, they're uh, until you play them, you don't realise how annoying they are. In the sense that they always do and win, and that that game they blew in one. And um, fair play, like they've honestly got some quality players, and that's born. It's Saris, isn't it? Saris way, they keep squeezing out a win, even when I think they shouldn't do. But I didn't think they should have won that first game, but they did. We're <laughs> How's the banter between you and Poppy on that? Because I remember I was I did the comms on the game and I was trying to get the teams a little bit earlier and she was like, I might send Briar a bit of a, a funny skewed one. And she was like, yeah, Briar probably sent me one saying she's not playing. <laughs> it's like already little mind games going on between you guys. Yeah, well, I, I, honestly, she did. She tried. She tried. She told me Sonic was starting at nine. But there you go. <laughs> Sonic was giving that a go as well. Yeah, but I, all I know is that that evening I um, made sure I wasn't in the house. I thought, when I lose, I ain't going to be in the house with Poppy. Um, so I did book to go out that evening with one of my mates because I thought, I've seen her lose and it's never good and I've seen me lose. So there you go. So you're, you're still living with <laughs> yeah. Princess? Yeah. Wow. How, yeah, so you went out that evening. What was it like on Sunday morning? Did um, It's fine, it's fine. Fortunately, uh, a victorious yeah. breakfast she cooked you or something on yeah. to rub your nose in it all the other way around. Yeah, she she just kept showing me clips. <laughs> Did she show you the, the five meter one where they said they didn't go five meters off the line out? Oh, she was yeah, she and then got marked back 10 <laughs> as well. She showed me that. She showed me that. <laughs> Paused she it. She was right. She was right, to be fair. The ref did yeah, get it I know. Wrong. The worst thing was, she goes, <laughs> she goes, did you hear me say that didn't go five to the ref? And I said, yes, Poppy. The whole of Typhoid Avenue heard you. <laughs> 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 so, good. We're, we're, we're in at... Uh... In at Wasps, obviously you've got a, a few England teammates there uh, as well. Quite a few of the, the, the Irish players, which you would have trained with yet or no? They've been, been off with a, with a World Cup qualifier. you trained with them, no, have you? Yeah, we've trained with them. They've been in and, in and about. I think they do a couple of days and then they're, they're off to a few island camps, but they've been in and around bar now. They're obviously away. And and a, a really nice family feel. You, you feel like you've found a, a, a second home? Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely, definitely somewhere where you're. It's I'm comfortable with them all. Um, we went on a preseason tour, and and Giselle does not cut corners, and she gets you very stuck in very quickly. And I was uncomfortable, but um, it worked out like really, really well. Um, for kind of that getting me in amongst the team. Um, and yeah, bar I have to listen really carefully when the Irish speak. It's been actually great to, to train alongside them. <laughs> what, was pat- what was particularly difficult if you can tell us where, where, did, where did you go I saw camo gear would that be uh, right? yeah we went to Exeter um, and we they they made us we went to the army barracks and we were 
running around shooting things and crawling and we slept outside with no like literally no tent just outside for for a night and then um we were dressed as pirates on a pirate ship down in um one of the little villages or towns down next to dancing and it was quite experience and I was highly uncomfortable most of the time but it's it didn't it looks like takes the barriers down it takes the walls down and you get to know people in a different environment and actually I had the utmost respect for them all because even on three hours sleep they went and played Exeter on the Saturday so didn't I see um on social media that you were getting driven around in a in a car when you were out hiking with bags on their back Good way to yeah. settle in. I told you I was uncomfortable <laughs> a lot of the time, and that yeah, walk that was, one was pushed me over the edge. The walk, the prospect of walking, pushed me over the edge. Oh, Dave, Dave. But you look, you've had a you've had a cracking start to the the, the well, a reasonable start to the season. You, that lost to Sarah's first up, and then beat Loughborough. And then at the weekend, came away with the victory. How happy are you as a squad with with the performances on the field so far? Um, and you know what? I don't think happy. I don't think overly happy at all. Obviously, the first three fixtures, when we looked at them, especially the first two, were last year's top four. Um, so we knew they were going to be tough. And then we, we obviously have lost... Um, a few of our squad to the island, to the sevens. So it's been a big squad effort to come together and, and play them two of the top four. And then Worcester, Worcester, who are much improved, I think at the weekend, it really showed how much improved they are um, with some of their signings. So I think we're not impressed with our performances as yet, but I think it's coming, um, especially how we're wanting to start playing. But I think, yeah, we've still got to polish some things if we want to really um, take on the likes of, of Quinns and Saris. Well, let's get into that uh, result of the weekend. 26-22 against Worcester. Uh, and they came back pretty strong, didn't they, actually, uh, towards the end. Bit of, a, bit of an onslaught. Um, hell of a try from Alex Matthews. My word. Um, so where did you think the, that game was uh, won and lost, then, Bryony? Yeah, um, it was a hell of a try. They, to be but to be honest, since I've played them and I've played them numerous times, I think their defence um, was tenfold to what previously I've played. And they really fronted up in that kind of aspect. And I think they've got Alicia Washington in the second row, who yeah. is, is, is big for them now. Um, the Japanese, she was playing 12, the girl, um, I, don't, I can't remember. Her. Yamamoto. Yeah, she was playing 12 and she looked decent as well. So I think they just got a few people that maybe last year they were missing in them, in them key areas. Um, but I think... Yeah, I think just the, the the kind of we dug in real deep at the end. I think we were losing at half time. Alex Matthews, that was dirty from her. I think it was her first touch. Ran um just cut a line. I think she, I don't know. I couldn't work out where she came on. I don't know if it was in the centres or back row, but I did see her eventually. <laughs> in the back row. But um yeah, I think we dug in and just I think in the last ten minutes they put us under the pump with and we it was a defensive effort from us that got um stuck in. And I think the difference between uh us and them, I think, in the end was just that um, that line-out. I honestly think it comes down to that now. I think games like that really come down to set-piece and at the end they had to kick the corner to score the driving more and it wasn't successful for them. And I think when we're playing teams now, it's going to be the moments. It's going to be if you can convert the moments. And I think that is wholly it. I think we had one in the bottom corner and we converted it and they didn't. And I think it came down to that. Yeah. What was your take on the game, Berth? <laughs> Yeah, I think summary from Brian is pretty, pretty spot on. Really, I think you can't can't underestimate how good Worcester are now. Um, and you know, we went and played them and put sixty points on them, and we came away really disappointed that they would put thirty on us. But then, when you actually look in reflection, you're like, actually, their set piece is really strong now. They've obviously got a really experienced second row driving that international experience as well. They've got a couple of playmakers that can bring on some of their play outside. Um, X factor players, you know, someone like Lydia Thompson. How often does she we get the ball into her hands? Um, but I also think that like, Yappy's just creating a culture and a belief within that young squad that makes them go, you know what? Let's take on anybody, and that comes out in games. Because they were really cl- at half time. It was close, Quinn's Worcester, wasn't it? And then yeah. second half, yeah. Off, but I think to, to yeah, to the last year's champions, push them all the way at half time. That shows how far they've come, and then. Um, 
I know that um, Lisa Burgess has took over their forwards as well. And again, she's she's helped them out there as well. So I think they're putting together a good little coaching setup, and and like you said, the culture as well. Yeah, just uh, from from a sort of more distant perspective, that the whole thing is completely integrated. It's it's utterly seamless between the men and the women, and I, I do think that makes a a massive difference to feel you're you're completely and utterly immersed into the club. And I know the owners are incredibly passionate about uh, leveling off the the men and women's programs as well. So, uh, no, uh, yeah, expecting. Are we saying top four for us this year? Top six. Top six. Yeah, I think top four might be might be a big push. Well, Loughborough uh, went down twenty eight seven to Saracens, two clubs that you've already played, Bryony. Uh, not surprised at that result. No, not surprised. Sarah's winning, not surprised. <laughs> okay. um, I feel for Loughborough this year because I think that obviously the first game be Quinns when they lost Scars so early on. Just you think you've got you're going through preseason, you've got um, Emmy Scarrett, and then you lose someone like that so influential early on, it does knock your um, your confidence. And then I think, and then you line up so, what they played Quinns, Sarries, and Wasps. So three of the they got even had an yeah. even worse start. Yeah. As, three of the last four that beat them last year. So I think it was, again, I think a big effort from them to, I think the second half, they, um, sorry, they scored one try. They scored one try in the second half from Donna Rose. But apart from that, the, they kept them scoreless. So I think that shows the, the guts that, that Loughborough had on show. It's it's hell of an effort. We mentioned it last week, didn't we, Perth? That you know, I'm not sure there's a there's a player more influential in 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 any rugby yeah. side um, that is is actually going to have that much effect on on being lost by by the team. Um, but yeah, yeah but, um, points. So as I say, there's also all their Scottish internationals away. Like they had a centre partnership up against Saracens, who were 18 and 19. First time, one of them was first time running out because she's off playing rugby league a lot. And you know they've come up, they've had a, the free, as Bryony said, a real run against opposition in the first three rounds. And you know Reese was saying how how young his squad is. When Emily went off, I think it brought his average back line down to like 19 years old. So he's thinking, you know, well, actually this is going to be good learnings for them later down the line. Um, you know, there's the cup as well to play for. And and when they get opportunities, they are good and they did look really threatening. So it does bode well. And I know that's not what you want to be thinking now, but, you know, in a couple of years time, a bit like a Worcester, you know, that young squad is going to develop really well. Sorry, I forgot how old Skaz was then when they took their average age quite so far down. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's not talk about their back row. That average age would be uh, be very high. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why he was specific and said back line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, many happy returns. Many happy returns on your 50th, Sunday. Um The other team unbeaten so far, Bristol. Uh Again, possibly no surprise with the signings and new fresh approach with the coaching and what have you. Um, what was it? 20, no, uh, it was 115-0, of course. I was looking at the uh, the sale glossary result. Yeah, 115-0. Uh, and that's three in a row now for their maximum 15 points. They're playing some good stuff, right? Go on, Bryony. Oh, I didn't know who that was for, but um, yeah, when you, I think with Bristol, I think they've made some good signings, but I think we forgot that last year their squad was already really in a good place, but they had injuries. I think the last time Amber Reid and Sarah Byrne had been on a pitch together or with any other girls was ages, so for them to all be fit and uh, firing already this year, I think, yeah, they again, I reckon have have ever had an easy little run here, but but I think their performances and um have been good um and I think yeah Dave Ward I think uh, the girls speak really really highly of him um no surprise um no surprise at all but I think yeah with Abby Ward's cool calm collected and experienced and to add her to you into your pack and then already have the likes of Amber Reed and Sarah Byrne I think they've definitely got um a squad that can push all others in the league yeah absolutely Phoebe Murray uh take a hat trick and Courtney Knight just the five tries for the uh, the Welsh ringer. Uh, <laughs> I think nice, Murray's been playing outstanding. She's really stood out for them, and and that's not to say she hasn't before, but I think she's really made a marker 
um, in the side this season. Um, always finishing off like tries that still have work to do. They're not just kind of dotting them over the, the edge. So, yes, she's been pretty impressive, I think. Sale then. Let's get into that uh, 24-45 win for Gloucester Hartbury. You called that one, Beth. It was the only one we sort of, um, yeah, cogitated over really um, last week. But uh, mm-hmm. we both went Gloucester Hartbury in the end uh, and, and rightly so. Good win for them. Up on the road with uh, up against your old your old mate Katie Daly McLean MBE. <laughs> yeah, like it was really close at half time, wasn't it? And it, and I think that's like a, a story of Sale. And it was a last season. They kind of start really well, um, and then maybe some of their young, inexperienced players come on or don't have as much depth yet, and then the kind of floodgates come running open. Um, you know, we mentioned about Gloucester Hartbury have been performing really well. I mean, they push uh, yeah. Bristol. Was it Bristol? They pushed Bristol really closely. Yes. And um, they had their opening game against DMP where they performed really well. Um, so I think they're they're on to building something really special. They've got a few new signings coming in as well soon. And um, one was announced earlier today as well. So they're growing in strength and depth. And you know, I think for Katie's side, they've just got they just need more time more time together. They've got some really good players, really good talent. They've you know, pulled a couple of players over from rugby league and it's just about time for them. Um, and probably not having too high of expectation, but I think, you know, if we spoke to Katie today, she'd be really pleased that actually they bounced back from the massive defeat that they had against Exeter the week before. And they're competitive. When you played them, Barry, they're, they're you know, unlike a DMP who you know clearly need, need some help, um, which I don't think that, they will get, but but Sailor are properly com- competitive, as you say. Certainly, the first forty fifty minutes. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they. I don't think they're they're not the same as DMP at all. They're a, a team, yeah, that are have again made some great signings over the the summer months. I think the USA, the American contingent, they got over. I think it's going to help. And I think early on in the few first few weeks, when you've got players coming in who are from America or from elsewhere, they they do take a few weeks to settle in and kind of find their feet in the league because. I think this league is probably above any uh, the standard that they've played back at home domestically. So I think it is a bit of a shock to them and also just maybe how Sale play. So once they start firing for them, I think they do have a, a quite a nice big pack up there. And, and then they've got Katie Daly McLean, who's not a bad 10 to have either. So I think that they are definitely a, a, a squad that will yeah outperform what they did last year and are definitely yeah. not you're not no one's going to look at Sale and go that's happy days if five points come back with us that's a tough game too yeah just apologies Katie that uh Bryony didn't mention the MBE um we don't want you to sue us so I'm just going to apologize on Bryony's behalf there because I know how antsy you do get about it <laughs> um, <laughs> on to the very last game of the weekend Beth do you want to introduce this one well I can it wins lost to Exeter a 12, very well, well played. Yeah, no, they played really well. And, yeah. you know, enjoyed some of their tries that they scored. Obviously not from a Quinn's perspective, but just how they, the class in that they scored. It was exciting. It was entertaining. Um, but yeah, look, we, we didn't, we didn't front up. We, we lost the physicality battle and that's a big, bigger area of the game. You know, Brian's touched on it around how important that the kind of front five are and the pack around the field, like that was massive for us. And we didn't get that edge, which we normally do. And we normally have, um, hugely disappointing, but you know, we didn't look after the ball as well as we know we can. We didn't play in the right areas of the field. And, you know, when they took an opportunity, they absolutely did. And, you know, some of their tries were, you know, very, very entertaining and really worthy and, you know, fair play to, you've got to give them credit. There's no point sitting here, you know, saying it was a ref decision here or it was, you know, that it was purely based on how well they performed on the day. Yeah, and that uh, sensational score, wasn't it? Uh, Laura Sheenan um, from a brilliant grubber through. Uh, but yes, 24 points to 12. I mean, we speculatively said Worcester top four, but I mean, is that a more realistic question if we said by any extra they have a good chance with, with top four. And I, and I, and I think the fact that uh, the, the Skaz is missing from Loughborough will be pretty much with respect all season. We are possibly looking for, for, for another team to, to fill in that top four. Um, yeah, 
I think Exeter, how they finished last season, they just I think missed out on the top four last season because they yeah, had yeah. Uh, they had a dodgy start to the season and then a really good like middle and end. They went on some crazy little winning winning streak, and um, I think this year it's they've now got the start right. So I think if they can continue for the rest of the season as we know they can, then they will be fine. But I think yeah, you don't often see Quinns beaten. Not easily, but like like it's just physically. I think I think that's the point with Quinns. They are they will just squash every inch of physicality out of you. And I think when a team can match them and go one better, then that's where they got unstuck. But yeah, to do that away at the stoop, I think someone goes, "Are they away at the stoop?" I said, "Yeah, they're away." Um, I think we lost Sarries and Quinns last last year, but at um, Sandy Park, and we both won our home fixtures. So I think it just shows that they've. Again, done some new, some more signings, some international signings as they do every year, and then um, they're going to be a team that yeah, going to definitely be looking top four and top something. I definitely know. Yeah, so the uh, the champions are topple, which means to the table the Bristol lead the way with Saracens both on their maximum fifteen points. Then Gloucester uh, Harbour was on eleven, Quinns on ten, as are Exeter, Worcester on seven, while Sale sit on. In eighth position, at one point. Loughborough DMP yet to get off the mark. The league take the league now takes a, a one week break and returns on the weekend of the second of October. But I just before we go, I, I hugely appreciate your your time and, and your excellent analysis of of the clubs. And great to to hear that things are going so well at Wasps. What about uh, on the England front? We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you what's been the latest with England. What have there been phone calls, some zooms? You've been up into training. Exciting autumn ahead. Yeah, we've um, not met up yet, so we've got um, a few camps coming up, but we've had a few Zooms and we've had like um, a few of our like individual development plan meetings. So we've done all that and um, yeah, looking forward to the autumns, I think that's going to be huge. Um, I think it's one thing playing the um, Six Nations teams, but these are the teams we'll be playing now are, are looking at the top of the world rankings. So obviously they're below us, but they're the, they're the top <laughs> team. So it'll be big. I met the new forwards coach. Yeah, I've met the new the, the new forwards coach. He's a towering figure, like they all are. Actually, they do like the the, the larger guy. Um, but obviously, he comes from a wealth of experience, and and um, I know what he wants to do, and and he's already um, made it clear what what how he wants us to play and how he wants me to develop. He's all good, all positive. Great to hear, and uh, yeah, I look forward to to seeing you donning. Uh, Donnie the White, so, so pleased it's, uh, it's going well for you at uh, WAS. And uh, as I say, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Perfect. Thanks, guys. So they are there, Bridie Clear. I'm pleased. God, you went straight in at her, didn't you? <laughs> I've got to give her some payback. She busted my knee. Oh gosh, I've forgotten. <laughs> Jeez. Oh well, I now feel slightly guilty that we've got her on the pod. Was it like bad memories? It's a rugby incident, right? Yeah, it's not going no, no bad memories. Um, no, I'm good. I don't know which is worse: being compared to John Terry or getting your knee smashed in half. I mean, it's a cl- it's a tight call. <laughs> I'll really take John Terry. <laughs> 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 Really close. Um, anyway, no, I really pleased it's going going well for it, was. And I, I like that because she's clearly very, very close to uh, twin sister, the Marley Packers, the the Fleetwoods. You know, that that real core of Saracens family, yeah, you know, the Sonics and, and what have you. Um, and, I, and I just, yeah, to, to say to yourself, do you know, what? I, I I want to better myself, and I'm going to do that somewhere else. I really admire that. Yeah, and I think she obviously has the World Cup in sights and wants to be the number one there. And maybe when you do go in one spot, you do get comfortable being there. And with all the will and the want, you don't progress. And she's good for her that she's recognised that and just gone, you know what, I want to go for a new challenge. I want to go, you know, and I don't think that, um, you know, her and her sister or in each other's pockets or anything like that. I think she just wants to go and, you know, be at a club on her own, make her own stampers as a Khalil 
and not come as a two all the time. You know, we're we're always often saying the pair of them together and she wants to go and just kind of lead her own way. Um, and, yeah, fair play to her. Yeah. No, and, a, and, a, and a cracking player. And um, she speaks incredibly well, doesn't she? Very, very articulate. Gets her point across superbly well. I'm Lindsay Peace, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Enjoy. So on to international news over in New Zealand. Yeah, the Farah Palmer Cup has uh, been restricted, hasn't it, somewhat with the, with the COVID restrictions over this. There was only the one fixture played at the weekend. That was a bear plenty against Otago. The counties, Manukau, were going to travel to Wakato and Wellington were hosting Auckland. Uh, but due to those COVID restrictions uh, in Auckland, those games didn't go ahead. Uh, each have received two points. Uh, Bop, Blair Penty, one convincingly, 31 points to three. Uh, and in amongst the try scorers, the Pool Sisters and Tinkatuma Cook and Luca Connor as well. However, only this morning it was announced that counties Manukau and North Harbour and Auckland will all withdraw from the FPC for the remainder of the tournament, tournament, excepting that under current COVID restrictions, they can't uh, feasibly train or compete. So round seven will continue. Wellington Pride versus Bay of Plenty, Ontago Spirit versus Canterbury, and Taranaki versus Hawke's Bay. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Uh, that, but where where they were doing so well, weren't they, early on with the, with the global pandemic Um it's obviously hit home a little bit now. That's a, it's a, it's a real, real shame. Uh, but up and running also at the weekend was the Elite One Feminine or Elite R Feminine, as you would know, Beth, of course, being uh, multilingual as you are. Um, the results from round one in France: Pool One, Toulouse beat Stade Rennes seventy points to zero. Stade Francais, 17-3 over Grenoble. Bugney went down to the champions, ASM Rogmanar, 15 points to seven. And in pool two, Chili Maraza lost 14 points to 55 against Blackac, Montpellier, 35, Bernays, three, Lille, 10, Lyon, five. Lens and Stade Baudelaire had bye weekends. So this weekend, the pools are as follows. In pool one, Grenoble entertained Stade Toulon. Lance are hosting AC Bognet, ASM Rogmana against Stade Francais. And in pool two, Blagnac against Lille. Bordeaux against RC Chile. And Lyon host Montpellier. And this weekend was supposed to be the start of the Spanish Domestic League and the Honour Division B. However, matches appear to be postponed without any explanation. So if we get any more, we will bring that to you. Yeah, it's a shame about the Interadora League. It's a yeah, shame. But when we find out more, well, let's be honest, when Bluebell finds out more, um, she'll let us know and we'll let you know. Uh, and you mentioned it earlier on, Berth, but we must give a huge... Huge shout out to Sarah Baratin, the Italian scrum heart who reached the 100 cap mark. Outstanding achievement, isn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like the longevity and the legacy that she's been putting into that number nine shirt. You know, they don't pay play the same amount of fixtures as what the other girls in the in the 100 club have probably played in in a much more no. shorter amount of time so yeah absolute kudos to her to to continue to play to that level as well you know she's always a standout player for her team and she she plays like it's her first cap you know she's got, she's got so much hunger and passion for the game and leads from the front and she's a wonderful individual as well so yeah massive congratulations to her it's an incredible achievement and yeah another female to the centrinians crew yeah i, I should first play outside the the uk of course got it. donna kennedy rocky clark tamara taylor amy Gunn, sarah hunter sunter kate mclean That's- Lou Ricard. 
There's a few more. There's a few more. She's got 100 caps for her country, an outstanding effort. Yeah. A huge, huge WRP doff of the cap to you, Sarah. Um, brilliant, brilliant achievement. We spoke about the World Cup qualifiers, um, and it's a shout-out. Oh, we might even do a new little section, do better, a do better section. No, the entire pod would be it. Um, the World Cup qualifiers, and there's, this is to get to the showpiece event of the women's. And it was thrust on late doors. Um, and there's no half time and there's no analysis. And all that emotion, you could see it on the players in both games. And the Scotland players and the Ireland players to come back to keep their, their hopes alive of getting to a World Cup. And end of commentary, boom, bang, um, away it goes. And um, sorry, do better. Send some commentators out there. Um, if it was men's World Cup qualifiers, I suspect um, it would be a slightly different story. So come on, guys. There are people out there with the passion and knowledge to do it. It's, um, yeah, and now next weekend. Boy, oh boy, isn't everyone going to be watching? Absolutely. Because. Next weekend, in that final round of the those sort of round-robbing games, will be Italy taking on Spain and Ireland taking on Scotland, both on the 25th of September. So there we are. Um, and just another little mention to Mogul Dram as well. Um, as I mentioned, went on a little rugby tour at the weekend. I had a, a couple of... They're little drinks, little whiskies and, and sodas, flavoured sodas. Very nice they were around the uh, around the fire pit berth. Get a chance, get yourself a, a little can of one of those. Uh, next week, we'll have to reflect on those World Cup qualifiers, won't we? Um, so we will um, just hedge our bets on the guests to see who's uh, in and around uh, and who it's worth talking to. But I know Lynn Catwell, we're very, very keen to, to get to speak to. Perhaps she can... Tick the Irish angle, but also let us know what's going on in South Africa as well. So, uh, two birds, one stone. But uh, in the meantime, as we said, we've, we've brought up a couple of little topics, haven't we, the, that episode, Berth, about possibly a, a seven nations rather than six. So people should get in touch. How, where, when do they do that, Berth? Well, you can catch us anywhere. You can follow us on social media at Pod Women's Rugby, um, both Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel. You can check us out there. Just, yeah, send us your comments. Send us uh, any shout-outs that you want. We're here and we'll make sure they get done. Indeedy so. If you fancy some WRP stash, why not? We've got a, sh- got a shop there now. It's hallbro.com forward slash WRP. Beanie's in there, getting yourselves ready for the winter. Hoodies, leggings, training tops, all the rest of it. Um, so, yes, if you fancy a, a bit of WRP stash, uh, then do visit that as well. So, good luck to, to Scotland, to Ireland, to Spain, Italy. But we will, uh, no doubt, see you next week. And in the meantime, add more substance to your life and less spent. Until next time.